0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Brand new series starts today, Image, Image. And and today I really want to give you a, a subtitle for this, Mirror Image, Mirror Image. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. I recently received a text from a friend and it messed me up a little bit. I was... In the middle of a conference call, a construction meeting, Pastor Andrew was sitting there. He was on the same call and we were in the middle of, of a meeting talking with the construction company, the architect and everybody. We were on this, this conference call when a friend, <clears throat> a friend sent me a text and what was in the text absolutely scared the living daylights out of me. And it, it was, it was so, so scary. It was funny. And, and I, I literally laughed out loud. I have no idea what the other people, the construction company, architect, engineer, whoever is on the phone, they have no idea what I was laughing about. I don't even know what was being said. They might have said, hey, we plan to have you in there in 2025. And maybe I laughed out loud. I don't know. But in that moment when I read this text, I laughed out loud. And, and here's what the text said. It said, I was looking for a place to get my haircut over here at Jacksonville Beach. So I started looking at places on Instagram. Look at this pic I came across. Dude looks super familiar. So church, do you want to see this picture? Do you want to see the picture that he he sent? Okay, brace yourselves. Here it is. (laughs) Is that not scary? That is not me. The beard's way too long. That is not me, but that's my doppelganger. That's it right there. I've wondered my whole life if I had a doppelganger, and I do. That's scary, isn't it? I'm beside myself, literally beside myself. As if the world needs two Rocky McKinleys, right? It's now my my new life's mission is to find this guy. For years, people have been telling me that I look like my dad. Some of you in the room, you've had the opportunity to meet my father, and people have told me for years that I look a lot like my dad. And at a young age, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I didn't get it. It was, it was borderline offensive. My dad is 40 years older than I am. He was 40 years old when I was born. And so my dad's like always been old, you know? I've always looked at my dad, you know, and you know, I've always been, there's no way I look like, like him, you know? And uh, what I've realized is that in, in recent years and the older that I get, the more that I realize I do look like my dad. And, and what's cool about it is I'm not offended anymore by it. It's actually an honor now when someone tells me that I look like my father. I'll, I'll go see dad in the nursing home where he's at. And sometimes the, the nurses will stop and they'll say, hey, out of all your brothers, you are the one that looks the most like your father. And and I just respond with, thank you, thank you. That's an honor. Thank you very much. And um, I know that I look like my dad. Man, I've got that, that McKinley nose. that that it's just, it's just there. I mean, you can't miss it. It's there. I know that I've got my dad's nose. I'm built like my father in height um, before my dad was in a wheelchair. And and when dad could stand up straight, we're very, very close, six foot two, right in that area. And and so um, I'm built like dad in height and in torso. We both have this long torso. See, some of you think that I wear short shirts because I want to be like hipster and cool. It's just simply that my shirts are too short for my torso. So when I raise my hands, I have to make, sure pull my shirt down you know a little bit you know and so um and and when i grew my hair out and i started combing it back like my dad has always brushed his hair that's when i really started noticing that i look like my father there's no denying that i am jack mckinley's son there's this theological term that speaks of how we resemble our heavenly father it's imago day Imago Dei means the image of God, and that term, Imago Dei, and the image of God, it it gets its beginning in, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. It reads like this, it said, then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God gave man his image. Out of everything that God created, he chose to put his image In humanity it's echoed in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1 when it says when God created man he created him in the likeness of God and then it's reiterated again in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 6 when it says for God made man in his own image God made man in his own image when God created humanity he created us to resemble certain qualities and attributes and characteristics of his he intentionally did this. He made us in his image. They tell me that every artist has what is considered to be their masterpiece. Like Leonardo da Vinci, he had his Mona Lisa. And it's believed to be modeled after his, his mother, Caterina. And, and they say that he conjured up childhood memories and remembered her smile. And, and gave Mona Lisa his mother's smile. And it, it's a very distinct smile if you, if you look at that picture. This was Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece. The sculptor, Frédéric Bartholdi, used his mother's face to design the Statue of Liberty. It's rumored that his, his wife was actually the, the model for the arms and the torso but yet he felt like his mom's face worked better. That's just weird, isn't it? How do you explain that to your wife? How do you tell your wife, you know what? You have beautiful arms and your torso is extravagant, but my mom's face. But this was his masterpiece. This is what he's known for. And when God created humanity, The scripture leaves no doubt that we are his masterpiece. As a matter of fact, through all the days of creation, with whatever God was creating, days one through five, at the end of the day, God would say, It's good. It's good. Creation was good. He was happy with what he created. But at the end of of the sixth day, after he created man, after he created Adam, he looked at his creation. And this is the only time where God said, this is very good. Everything else was good. But when he created man, it was very good psalm 139 and 14 the psalmist says i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well he says i know that when you created me you fearfully and, and, and wonderfully made me and that your works are wonderful God you don't mess up you made me the masterpiece that I am and then in the New Testament Ephesians 2 and 10 Paul says for we are God's masterpiece he, do, he doesn't leave any any thoughts uh, out to the imagination he comes right out and he says you are God's masterpiece that when God created man he created us as his one piece of art his one creation that he would stand back and look at it and he could say that's very good pat himself on the back and said i I did a great job at designing that right there that's very good that's my masterpiece verse 27 answers the question on why we would be his masterpiece genesis 1 and 27 says god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him so we're created in the image of god that's why we're so great that's why god could look at us and say that's very good but listen to this male and female he created them did you catch that i don't want to mess with anybody today this this isn't like my version of of the shack or anything i'm not i'm not here to convince you that that god's a black woman You know i offended some people, didn't it? It's all right. But here's what I do know. When he created men and women, we all got attributes of God, regardless of race, regardless of sex. When God created us, both male and female, he created us in his image So what this tells me, it tells me what image is not. And we need to get that out of the way before before we really dive into this series. Because today, I just want to to lay a foundation for what we're gonna build this series upon. But but today is is very theological. I have to warn you about that. And towards the end, we'll get very practical. But, But the rest of the series is gonna be very practical. But you've got to understand what image is not. Image is not physical that's what we want image to be that's what we think image is but image is not physical when it comes to God and his design and the image of God imago Dei it's not about physicality as men and women we are created differently if you understand that, I want you to raise your hand. If you know that as men and women, when it comes to the physical, we are created differently. Raise your hand if you understand. That. If nobody's raising their hand next to you, if somebody's not raising their hand next to you, then it's your job before they leave to explain the birds and beads to, to, to them, okay? You have to explain the birds and bees to them. Not my job. We are created differently. When it comes to the physical, we are different But not only are we different in our gender makeup, we come in all shapes and sizes. Even in this room right now, we are in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us are thin. Some of us are not. Some of us, we have a darker complexion. Our skin tone is darker. And then there are others that are Pigmentally challenge. It's not a real word, but it's awesome and you can use it anytime you want to. Pigmentally challenge. It's like my son, he's transparent. (laughs) Surely, with all the different makes and models that we, we are, surely we don't resemble God physically. Some have argued that that being made in the image of God is simply that we have the ability, unlike animals, to walk upright. That literally, th- There are some theologians that argue that to be made in the image of God means that we are able, as God, to walk upright. I've got an argument for that. I was at the circus a few weeks ago. Been years since I've been to a circus. I was at the circus a few, few weeks ago. And there's these dogs, these little dogs that came out. And they trained these dogs to walk around the circus ring on their hind legs. They were walking upright. Now, does that make them divine? Does that make them the image of God? I don't think so. However, dog is God spelled backwards. That's deep, isn't it? I told you it's going to be deep theological discussion today. All kinds of stuff for you to talk about on the way home. My body, my body is falling apart. I get it, man. It's like, it's like when I hit the age of, of 40, it's like things just started going downhill. It's not, you should hear me when I wake up in the mornings. It's snap, crackle and pop. And I'm not eating Rice Krispies. It's just getting out of the bed. And I understand that, that the older we get, the harder it gets on the body. And I can't possibly believe that my physical deterioration resembles my creator. It cannot be about the physical makeup of our bodies, that that is the image of God. But it's not just our physical deterioration that makes us less like God. It's our moral deterioration. That's really what makes us less like God. When God created humanity, he gave us dominion over the birds of the air, fish of the sea, over livestock, livestock and over all other animals. And, and, and that's for debate for what that means. Some people think that that just means we get to eat them and that we have power and dominion over them. And, and maybe that's it. I don't know. But here's what I do know that, that makes us different from all the other, uh, other animals of creation. It's this. He created us with a sense of morality. God created human beings from day one with a sense of morality. And and we are capable of doing what God does when it comes to love. We are capable of extending love. What is God? God is love. And so we become like God in the image of God when we love one another. We, like God, we are responsible for our actions. There is ne- there's never been a, a commandment or, or a decision that God made that he has not been responsible for. God has always owned, owned it, and, and God always will. And we, in the divine nature of God, we are to be responsible for our actions. And, and this makes us like God in the sense that we can relate and we can reason. We're we're the image of God when we relate and we reason. And church, when I look at humanity, I I don't think that as a whole that we resemble the image of God. When I look at the human race as a whole, I, I have to believe that we are a far cry from what God intended for us to look like when he said that he made us in his image. I just don't believe. I think we've lost our ability as, a, as the human race to relate and reason and, and I don't see much love anymore. God is love and so we don't see much of God. We don't see much of love anymore in our society. And the state that our world is in I, I just I have to tell you it does not resemble God. It's not in Mago Dei. It's not in the image of God. It, uh, how can someone how, how can someone reason to a place that they Will take an innocent life and they will murder someone. How does that fit the bill? How is that the image of God? It's not. Look at human trafficking. How can someone take innocence from someone and put them on a block of slavery and basically say, listen, your life is over and all I'm going to do is use you and benefit from you and, and And how can a person do that and be the image of God? They can't. Hate and racism. Racism is at an all-time high in our nation right now. It's scary. It's scary to think what the enemy has convinced us of and the hate that he has created. This is not the image of God child pornography how how can this happen it breaks my heart to to read an article this week someone that i know that was arrested for child pornography how how is that the image of god it's not and as the human race were anything but the image of god there are glimpses in individuals You see the image of God in, but as a whole, we are not the image of God. But you see, as Christians, as Christians, we're called to once again return to to the Garden of Eden and and once again resemble God. We We are called to be recreated as Christians through what Christ did for us. It's a rebirth in us, and we are called to once again be the imago Dei, the image of God. And Paul addresses this in his second letter to the church of Corinth, Second Corinthians. I'm going to be reading from chapter 3. I'm going to start in chapter 3. I'm going to flow right into chapter 4. But I want you to hear what Paul says. Now, Now listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When you read this, It 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 seems like just a bunch of words, a bunch of gibberish. But I want you to really pay attention to what Paul is saying. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen. But listen to what he says. I'll start reading in verse 18. And he says, "And we all, excuse me, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Listen to what he says. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience and the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in the face of Jesus there's a few things here i really want to pull out because i don't want you to miss what paul was saying first thing is he said in in becoming the image of god he says you have to renounce disgraceful underhanded ways he says don't be cunning he said don't tamper with god's word let me tell you what that means don't take god's word and twist it to fit your lifestyle God's Word is what it is. It says what it says. God's Word, it doesn't need a better explanation. God's Word is God's Word. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we have to take God's Word at face value, exactly what it says. And he says, listen, you can't tamper with God's Word and be in the image of God. And then he he tells us this. He says, The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So you see that when we get to the New Testament, and through the the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ, that becomes the image of God. Jesus Christ is the image of God, and has been before the world was even formed. And I'll show you that in just a moment, because in order for you to understand why we were created, we must first get a glimpse of what it looked like before humanity. What did it look like before humanity? What what was happening in the heavens before humanity? According to the prophet Ezekiel, Lucifer, also known as Satan, Lucifer was the worship leader of heaven. His job was to lead the angels in praise and worship to God Almighty. The Bible tells us that he actually had musical instruments built within him. Now, this is hard for us to comprehend because we start picturing, you know, like, like a trumpet sticking out over here and maybe a harp over here and something. We just think this is a strange, strange being. It's not as strange as you think because I think we were created a lot like Lucifer, the good Lucifer. Some of you are created like Satan, but, but before your fall, let's talk about that. We were created with musical instruments built within us. Here's your percussion. I'm not a great whistler. Anybody in the room can whistle? Listen to those woodwinds. Stringed instruments, you have vocal chords. You were created with musical instruments built within you. That's why we are called to praise Him. We are called to worship Him. Listen, if you're one of these quiet worshipers, I'm not here to upset anyone because you're welcome here. We have people that worship in all kinds of ways at this church. But just understand, you're called to make noise because He created within you the musical instruments that it takes to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Lucifer had musical instruments built within him, and his job was to lead heaven in the praise and worship of their Creator. Lucifer was created to reflect the glory of God. Ezekiel tells us that He he wore a robe that was adorned with precious stones. And God placed him on on a mountain in the heavens. And it was from that mountain that he was to lead the angels in worship. As he stood there on that mountain adorned with this robe. The glory of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. The glory of God, much like a disco ball reflects its source of light, that was what Lucifer was. Can you picture it? Can you imagine as he stands on a mountaintop leading in worship and the glory of God is shining and reflecting off of his coat of many gems and precious stones? That's what it was. The prophet Isaiah described him, as a day star, or some, some Bibles say a morning star. That's how bright he was. He was as bright as a star. And, and the problem is, is that the stardom went to his head. This happens in our everyday lives. You don't realize it, but there's moments when you start wanting to take the glory from God, when you start wanting to run your own life. The problem came when his pride got in the way and instead of wanting to worship God, he wanted to be God. And he convinced a third of the angels to go with him. Ezekiel 28 and 17 says, Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Now that's judgment that was put on Lucifer. But how does that relate to us? Think about this church. Have you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your own splendor? He was called to reflect God's glory. And like Lucifer, you were created to reflect God's glory. But when our wisdom is corrupted, we lose that image. We're called to be image bearers. Imago Dei. The image of God. And if you want to bear the image of God, then you must reflect His glory in your day-to-day living. When others come in contact with you, they must see the image of God. You understand that, right? that is why you were created you were created to reflect the glory of god and i'll I'll show you where we get this wrong most of the time one of the greatest influences over our lives today is social media now i'm not here to claim to convince that satan created social media Al Gore created the internet, but that was a joke. You can laugh. I'm not here to convince you. I I don't believe that in all cases, I'm on social media. I don't believe in all cases that it's, it's entirely evil. But I will tell you, like anything else in life, the enemy will take something that can be good and he will pervert it, he will twist it, and he will use it to get the glory off of God And for you to focus on something else other than God's glory. And when your life starts reflecting something else other than God's glory, that's when you are no longer projecting projecting the image of God to an outside world, no longer at all. He'll use social media to distort how you see yourself when you look in the mirror. I'm convinced there's two types of people on social media. First of all, they, they either paint a picture that their life is so perfect and it causes you to, to think that your life stinks because they're only showing you the, the best of their life. Or the other type of person is that they moan and they groan so much that it leads you to believe that you're so much better than them and then you don't see your shortcomings and the need for Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because... Salvation is not a one-stop shop. You understand that? I constantly need him saving my life. I need a savior. I need him to save me from what social media is trying to convince me at times. But understand this, church, you are not defined by how many followers you have. You are defined by who you follow. It's the reason why Jesus, God incarnate, when, when Jesus came to earth... And became one of us. Which is another reason why I don't believe it's a, it's a physical attribute. Because, I mean, look at us. We don't look like a, a, a Jewish man from the Middle East, do we? Most of us don't. But when he came here, he looked at 12 men. Fishermen. And he said, drop your nets. Come follow me. Who are you following? doesn't matter how many followers you have. Who are you following? Who are you looking to for inspiration in life? Sometimes we're being inspired, even, even in, in a negative way, we're being inspired and we don't even realize that we are being inspired that way. We don't get it. And maybe you're not on social media, but I'm telling you, it's... it's, it's an age-old problem of keeping up with the Joneses and we look at other people, we look at their lives, we look at pop culture, and and we just say, man, if only that was me. Or we become so far on the other side that we are so thankful that we're not them that we forget that Jesus Christ died for them too. Who are we following? Because who you follow will determine your destination and where you end up who you are following becomes your Lord what's your Lord right now what is it that you're giving so much attention to that it is on the forefront of your mind it is in your sights every day of your life because if if that's what's in front of you that's what you're reflecting what is it that has become your Lord because whatever you're following will become your Lord. Colossians 1 and 15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Understand this. The very thing that we all want, power, authority, dominion, It's not anti God to want those things. It's not sacrilegious to want power, authority, and dominion. Matter of fact, He's created us to have power, authority, and dominion. The problem comes when you let the cart get ahead of the horse. Before God gave man power, authority, and dominion, he gave him his image. And that changes how you seek power, authority, and dominion. It changes what power, authority, and dominion even look like. I like the way that the psalmist said it in 17... Psalm 17 and 15, he says, listen to this. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. That's all I want. In the foundation of this series, as we end this day, I want you to walk out of this room satisfied being in his likeness. There is nothing more rewarding than reflecting the glory of God, which is Jesus Christ. There is nothing more rewarding than that. And everything that you are seeking in your life, all of the power, all of the authority, all of the dominion, those things will come if you are the image of God. I walk in better authority as a pastor when I'm the image of God. I walk in better authority as a husband When i am the image of god i walk in better authority as a father when i'm in the image of god reflecting his glory i don't want to get that wrong lucifer got that wrong i want to get that right Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.